Unless you want to pay too much tax, effectively making charitable donations to HMRC, today's episode is for you as we tell you four things you need to do before the 22-23 tax year ends on the 5th of April. The Medics Money podcast helps doctors, dentists and other professionals make better financial decisions. Hosted by myself, Dr. Tommy Perkins, a GP. And by me, Dr. Ed Cantelow, a GP, but also a chartered accountant and chartered tax advisor. This podcast is for general information only and does not constitute any form of advice and tax allowances and rates are subject to change. All right, mate. So good to be back on the podcast with you. It's been a little gap, but this is a really important episode because tax year is rapidly approaching and... We've left it a little bit last minute ourselves, but if you've left it really last minute, then this is the episode for you because we've got four things here that you really need to do before the end of the tax year, which is on the 5th of April. Is that right? Yeah, absolutely. Yep. It's coming around again very quickly. The 5th of April 2023 is the last day of this current tax year. And yeah, we thought we'd better bring you some things you need to do ASAP before that happens. Although I should say one of these things is for companies and they should be doing that before the 1st of April just to clarify at the start. Awesome. But of course, you know, another reason why we've left this a little bit late is because of the budget. And we weren't sure what was going to actually happen in that. So you never can tell with the government these days. But yeah, shall I, shall I crack on and tell you guys the first thing? So the first thing is essentially something that we at Medics Money talk about quite a lot. So this won't be a new thing for a lot of people, but you need to make sure that you've claimed a tax rebate for the tax year 2018 to 2019. Now, what do I mean by that? Well, basically, you can claim tax relief in your professional expenses for the current tax year and the previous four tax years. So currently, you can claim for all expenses from the 6th of April 2018. However, once we reach the 6th of April 2023, you're going to lose the ability to make a claim for any allowable employment expenses incurred between the 6th of April 2018 and the 5th of April 2019. So if you did incur any such expenses and you've not yet made a claim for those expenses between the 6th of April 2018 and the 5th of April 2019, then you know please don't miss out. Make that claim ASAP before the tax year end. And don't forget, of course, as always, you can use our Medics Money free step-by-step guide that holds your hand through it. It just takes all the work out of it for you. Yeah, definitely. And then this is just so important. You know, we've been banging on about this for years but still coming across people that haven't done this. Okay, so go to medicsmoney.co.uk forward slash free guide. It's off the homepage and it just walks you through how to claim it yourself. And it just makes it as easy as possible. And usually we do like a tax rebate episode near the end of the tax year as well. We haven't done that this year because we've left a few things a bit last minute and I'm sure some of you have as well. But I think it was episode 89 where we last went through a really good run through of, you know, questions and answers. But I mean, common things that are missed that we see, if you've just CCT'd, you can claim the CCT fee. We see that one missed all the time. You know, exams, if you're on a training contract in general, you can claim those and travel to and from those exams and any overnight stays associated with them is claimable. You're nodding. So interrupt me if I say something wrong. So, So it's just so important to do this. And Even if you're a consultant, you know, and you're getting well paid, it's still really important to do this. Something that we go on about all the time and something that's got worse since the budget is 
if you've got kids and you go over a hundred thousand pounds of adjusted net income, you lose tax-free childcare, and that is a cliff edge and a cliff edge of tax we don't really like. And that cliff edge has just got worse. And if you follow us on Twitter, you'll see why that is the case. And we're going to be doing more about this. So whether you're an F1 or been a consultant for or GP for twenty or thirty years. Unless you want to make charitable donations to HMRC, you need to do this, okay? And if you've done it and you've, you're just sitting there nodding and you're going, yeah, the guide is great, just tell one or two other people, you know, next time you're waiting for the ward round to start or something like that, just say, look, have you claimed your tax rebates? Because our pay is not going up anytime soon. It's gone down significantly in real terms over the last 10 years. So we got to do everything that we can to claim tax reliefs. And the other tips that are coming are absolutely amazing. But in my unbiased opinion, if I was going to just choose one of them to do, it would be this one, whoever you are, because, you know, you just don't want to overpay tax. You want to pay the right amount of tax. You don't want to make charitable donations to HMRC. What did I miss? How was my sales pitch for just please get this done? Don't lose out on the money. That was all, all very fair to me. Yeah, as you say, don't miss out. On this free money, it's really important. And yeah, all those things you said were good. So another thing people miss out is well, not just resets for exams, but also the associated costs as well. So hotels that they have to book for the exam or train fares, etc. But of course, I guess if you are claiming for the 2018 to 2019 tax year, you may not necessarily have, you know, receipts for that anymore, or rather, you know, a record of what you spent. But still, if you do and you haven't claimed it, then go for it. Let's move on to number two, which is try and maximize your ISA allowance if you can. Okay, so don't forget you can save up to £20,000 every tax year in ISAs, whether that's a cash ISA, stocks and shares ISAs, lifetime ISAs, or a combination of them. Okay, any income from interest or dividends or any capital gains, they'll all be tax-free within an ISA. And it's really important to, if you can, and don't get me wrong, not everyone's going to be able to, to you know, store £20,000 in ISAs. I think I I've said in the past, you know, I struggle to reach that sort of amount myself. But the point is, you know, it's tax-free. Everything in that ISA is tax-free. And at the moment, you may be aware that there are some changes coming up from the 6th of April, which are going to reduce the tax-free dividend allowance and also the tax-free allowance for capital gains tax, which makes it even more important to use ISAs as a tax-free wrapper where you can. And you've got until the 5th of April, 2023, to use up what you can of the £20,000 ISA allowance for 22 to 23. Of course, from the 6th of April, 2023, a whole new £20,000 allowance will be available, but you'll lose the allowance from the current tax year that we're in right now. And of course, don't forget something that Tommy and I often mention as well. Don't forget the lifetime ISA or LISA. The government will basically pay 25 pence for every £1 you put into your LISA up to a maximum of £1,000 if you were to put £4,000 in, say. So, you can only do this if you're aged under 40 years old. So if you turn 40 this year, you know, make sure you set up an ISA before you turn 40 if you want to do so, because otherwise you'll lose that opportunity. And, uh, you know, we don't we never give financial advice, but this is one of those things that most pundits, most commentators would say is definitely worth doing if you can. Yeah. Just a few thoughts about ISAs. So, as you say, you know, if you're a high roller, that capital gains tax change that you mentioned means that it's even more important to use your ISA, okay, and maximize it. And if you can put the full 20,000 in there, amazing. Don't forget if you've got a family. So in my family, for example, I have a 20,000 pound ISA allowance. My wife has a 20,000 pound ISA allowance and my three children have 9,000 pound ISA allowance as well. So if you're filling that up, like 
fair play. Like, come on the pod, tell us how you're doing it. But if you're not a high roller, okay, and you're not even getting close to filling it up, just see if you can just get started, okay? In our ebook, we show you example of why if you can just get started with saving and investing early, it allows more time for compound interest to build up. And definitely when I was at F1, F2, you know, I was putting like 50 pounds a month into my ISA. It seemed utterly pointless at the start. You look at the 20,000 allowance and I'm like, great. Yeah, I've put in like 250 pounds. It seems pointless at the time, but over time, compound interest, eighth wonder of the world, according to Einstein, it just builds up. So if you can just get started with 50 pounds each month regularly in your ISA, okay, and you're thinking, I don't have 50 pounds spare. Go through our ebook, medicsmoney.co.uk forward slash ebook, totally free. It just shows you how to use a nice little tip called pay yourself first. I'm not going to go into it today, but just think about that. So if you're a high roller, you need to be aware of the capital gains thing that Ed mentioned. But if you're not a high roller, just see if you can just get started. And yeah, Lifetime ISA. We've had a few questions about Lifetime ISA, actually. Sort of, because basically, if you're a higher rate taxpayer, technically, you'd get more relief by additional pension contributions. Now, in the past... For most of us as NHS doctors, additional pension contributions would have come with a massive sting in the tail because of the annual allowance and to a lesser extent, the lifetime allowance. But guess what? Jeremy's changed all that. So we're going to be doing more content about that balance now because it may, it may make sense now for more of us, if we can, to get more into our pensions. May, not advice. So just something that's changing all the time. (laughs) Jeremy's budget has basically given us content for about a year and a half, I reckon. So cheers, Jeremy. But just something to be aware of because, you know, effectively you get 20% back in if you put it in your lifetime ISA. If you were to put that in as a pension contribution, you would get relief at your marginal rate, if that makes sense. Does that make sense? Yeah, I think so. It does to me. But, you know, if it doesn't make sense to people listening, then you know, please do let us know. You know, I'm more than happy to revisit it in another podcast if people are getting confused. You know, these things are confusing. You know, they're not easy to fully comprehend for a lot of us. So, you know, please do ask questions if you want to because we do like getting questions. And we do try and do Q&A sessions on our podcast here and there. All right, so let's move on to number three. Now, what I wanted to point out to everyone on this podcast is to check your state pension record. Now, when we originally wrote this blog, this was definitely something that you had to do before the tax year ended. Okay, as I just got a bit of a reprieve. So the deadline for this is now actually the 31st of July, 2023. So you got a bit of extra time, but you know, time does go quite quickly. You know, a lot of us, including myself, leave a lot of things to the last minute. So maybe think about doing it a bit earlier if you can. Now, what on earth do I mean about this? So basically the government are giving people the chance to check their state pension records which basically means checking how many qualifying years of national insurance contributions that you have. Okay, in order to qualify for the full state pension when you retire, you need to have 35 years of national insurance contributions. And if a taxpayer doesn't have enough four years of national insurance contributions, this will likely affect their state pension, which is currently around £10,000 a year. And with the triple lock, the government are still quite committed to that's expected to, you know, go up quite a bit over as the years go on. So usually if you've got any gaps in your record, you can go back six tax years and make a voluntary contribution to fill that gap in that record. Okay. So as an example, I went to university originally in 1999, but later on down, down the line, after working for a while, I went to medical school. 
And those years when I was at medical school, they don't qualify as a qualifying year because I wasn't making any national insurance contributions at the time. So I've got a gap in my record from when I went to medical school, for example. Now, usually you can go back to say up to six tax years and you can make a voluntary contribution. So that year will then count towards your state pension. What the government are currently doing is they're allowing people to make voluntary contributions for any gaps they may have all the way back to the 6th of April 2006. So they've extended the number of years you can go back by quite a bit. Okay. As I said, the deadline for it is 31st of July 2023. You can make a voluntary contribution of £15.85 per week. I don't know why they put it like that because basically what they're saying is you can contribute £824.20 to make any year a qualifying one if it doesn't qualify currently. And then from the 1st of August 2023, things change. The time frame for making voluntary contributions reverts back to the usual six years. So it'll only be possible to go back to the 2017-2018 tax year and then increasing the rate of payment as well. So it'd be just over £900 to fill a year to make it qualifying. Okay, so in summary, you may want to go and check your records, which you can do via your personal tax account. You know, I bang on about the personal tax account all the time. Hopefully most people who listen will have set one up. If not, you can go to our website and find out how to do that. But if there are gaps, you know, you might just want to consider carefully whether or not you should make a voluntary contribution to fill that gap. So we can't give financial advice, of course, it's up to every taxpayer, every person to consider their position. Everyone's different. It may not be worth it. It may be worth it. There may be other factors in your life that make it more important or less important. We just wanted to bring it to everyone's attention so that this is an opportunity that can at least be considered and not missed because it's important to at least think about it and not do something, then just not know about it at all and then regret it later. So as I say, just something we're trying to flag up got until the 31st of July to do so. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, not all of us were at university in 1999 because you are, you know, old. I was there in 2000, actually, so you've only got me by a year. But when we flagged this up to our private members group, which is, you know, really going amazing, we've already had so many people like, oh, my goodness, because of our working patterns. Like, I don't think your story is, you know, not that unusual like we do have slightly fragmented working patterns so really worth checking this out using the personal tax account for sure and uh, yeah you were a union 99 you know what i did a dermatology diploma in 2020 and it was at st mary's in london and they invited me to freshers week and i was like yeah i'm gonna go to freshers week and i was like hang on it's 20 (laughs) years since my first freshers week i'm not going to freshers week and i didn't go which is probably for the best. <laughs> yeah, I think so. Definitely. I mean, that's a good good point. Yeah, first Freshers Week year 2000. And then I oh had the opportunity to go in 2020, but I didn't take it. I'm still not sure if that was the right move. Okay. You said like the final point was pretty niche, but this is something that we have taken advantage of ourselves as a limited company. And hopefully everyone is noticing that Ed's sound quality is improved markedly today. And the reason that Ed, who is the chief financial officer at Medics Money, allowed us to purchase a new microphone for himself is because of this next tip. Is that right? Yeah, absolutely. So this is all to do with something called the super deduction. And as Thomas just said, this one is for anyone who has their own trading company. So again, we appreciate a lot of people listening won't have their own company. We understand that. But again, some people do have companies that they're using. It's important to know about this because essentially You know, going back a little bit, in order to incentivize companies to make investments after COVID, Rishi Sunak, when he was chancellor at the time, he announced his super deduction, which basically gives companies an enhanced 130% super deduction 
capital allowance on qualifying assets. So effectively, companies can cut their tax bill by up to 25% for every £1 that they invest. So it was seen as a, a really good incentive for companies who were sitting on lots of cash at the time. They didn't want to invest because of COVID, everything was uncertain. Rishi Sina was desperately trying to get them to spend that money to invest in the economy. And he gave them a nice little sweetener to do it. So as I say, for every £1 that you invest, you can get you can cut your tax bill by 25% of that money, which is really good. Now, it's due to end on the 31st of March 2023. Jeremy did introduce something new in the budget recently, something called full expensing. The idea being, that again, for qualifying assets, if you make an expense, you can then just deduct that against your taxable profits. And what he's saying is it's kind of the same thing. So if you think about it at the moment, I spend some money. Let's say I spend £100. I can then deduct £130 because it's 130% super deduction, £130 of my taxable profits. And then at 19%, if you do the numbers, it basically comes down to say I save 25% or £25 off my tax bill. Now, full expensing, you don't get that 130% increase. It's just also just but it's 100% of what you invest. It's full expensing. I make an expense of £100. I deduct that for my taxable profits. And the reason why he's saying it's the same amount of money is because the corporation tax rate is going up to 25% from the 1st of April 2023. So it's not some complicated, well, complicated, but calculation of £100 times 130 times 19% gives you 25% for every £1. It said it's £100 times 25%, which is the tax rate, equals £25 saving your tax bill. So he's basically saying that either way, whether you use the super deduction now or you use his new funky scheme from the 1st of April, you're still basically saving £25 for every £100 you invest. Now, the reason why it doesn't quite work out that way is, of course, not everyone's going to be paying a 25% corporation tax rate. If your profits are below £50,000, you're going to be paying a 19% tax rate. And actually, in fairness, between 50000 and 250000 we spoke about this many times, there was a strange marginal tax rate of 26.5%. So actually, maybe if you're basically, if your profits are below 50000 then we should we definitely recommend that you make, you know, make purchases before the 31st of March 2023, so you can take advantage of this. If your profits are above 250,000, you probably don't, well, it's the same either way. And if you're in that kind of strange bit between 50,000 and 250,000, actually maybe you might be slightly better off just holding fire for now until after the tax year. But certainly if you're a small company, profits below 50,000 pounds, use the super deduction. If you have any assets that you want to purchase, do it now. I, I mean, if your head just exploded, don't worry, because I, Ed keeps explaining this to me, and I always struggle to understand it. But basically, what I'm hearing is that we can buy more equipment to increase our sound quality, increase our video quality, maybe get a new computer, and it will be a good thing. That's one one take home, absolutely. And I am very <laughs> glad my mic quality is better because, yeah, we have had some feedback that my mic quality wasn't very good. So hopefully today, people are thinking, wow, we. You know, it's quite quality is much better. And it's all thanks to the super deduction. Yeah, yeah. Thanks, super deductions. They are super. Yeah, and I like it when you break it down. Like, so I spend 100. How much does it actually cost us? That's a good way of breaking it down. And I think that point about whether it's better for you to use super deductions or the new thing is 
something nuanced that I hadn't considered, but that's why you get the big bucks, mate. Okay, we have left this pretty late. I'm aware of that. Now, we did put this out on our email list about three weeks ago. And if you're not on our email list, come and join 42,000 other people on the email list at medicsmoney.co.uk forward slash join. And this may or may not make it to our YouTube video, but we are filming a ton of YouTube videos today. I'm going to be doing one about four reasons why you are still poor, even if you've got a high income. Ouch, feel that clickbait title, but there is some good info in there. And I'm also going to be telling you about some books as well that I think you should read. So what I'm getting around to say is that this probably isn't going to make it to YouTube because by the time we put it up on YouTube, it'll go out of date. But other stuff will be on YouTube. And it's like trying to choose the best medium for the information. So email is pretty good. Medicsmoney.co.uk forward slash join the podcast always, of course, and YouTube as well. Also on TikTok, Instagram, Facebook. Uh, I'm on LinkedIn. Ed is still locked out of his LinkedIn and has spent 21 years now at PwC, I think. Yeah, I get lots of people saying congratulations every time my new anniversary comes up, but sadly, I'm not really there. So it's a bit of a fake news. Hey, one day I'll get back into it. Yeah, okay. I put a little photo on our Instagram the other day of a few books that were propping up your monitor. And the reason why we're in a bit of a rush today is because you've got an exam tomorrow, mate. Are we going to talk about that or you want to talk about it after you've passed it, which I'm pretty sure that you will? Well, I do have to do quite a lot of cramming today. So let's maybe think about it another day. <laughs> Otherwise, I'll get stressed out. Okay. Well, if you're on Instagram, you know what Ed's revising for. But if you're not on Instagram... Great reason to go on Instagram and hopefully we'll talk about it once you've passed, which I'm sure you will. You've already passed one bit, right? Yeah, I passed the one exam and the coursework. So just one more to go tomorrow. I'll be very glad when it's over, I have to say. Mate, okay, I'm going to leave you to get cramming. Thanks so much for listening. Thanks so much for everyone sharing it. And if you just take one thing from this, just think about this, that your tax bill is a negotiation, okay? HMRC are not going to phone you up and say, oh, hi, Dr. Cantello. I can see that you've taken a super expensive postgraduate exam as part of your training contract recently. Here's the tax rebate for it. They're not going to do it, okay? You have to learn to negotiate your own tax bill. Negotiate it legally. We're not saying and doing anything untoward here. We're just saying you've got to learn to negotiate your tax bill. You also need to learn to negotiate your state pension record, learn to, you know, invest tax efficiently, utilizing ISAs. We love ISAs and super deductions, pretty niche, pretty high end. But if you've got a company and you're thinking about buying some stuff, speak to your accountant and they'll be able to help you. But thanks so much for listening. And we'll see you on the next podcast episode, regular episodes, always on a Tuesday, Thursday episodes as and when time allows. Thanks so much for listening. Take care, everyone. Cool. Thanks, guys. Thank you.